Ladies and gentlemen, may the odds be ever in your favor. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to show for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and then we break it all down with our chosen movie of the week. Make sure you stick around at the end of the show to hear our weekly recommends. And Brian, what is this week's movie of the week? This week we're going to be talking about The Hunger Games Catching Fire. She's not who they think she is. She has to be eliminated. I agree, but in the right way, at the right time. We have to go before they kill us. They will kill us. People want to fight. I'm staying here. They fought very hard in the games, Miss Everdeen. But they were games. Would you like to be in a real war? Imagine thousands of your people dead. Your loved ones. Gone. What do I need to do? We've done a lot of books on this podcast, haven't we, guys? Mm. It's this is sort of a, a book lot of podcast. Twilight podcast, yes. A lot of Twilight. <laughs> we push multiple multiple episodes out for every Twilight movie, <laughs> breaking them down as much as we can. We're going to do the same for Hunger Games. So expect eight or ten episodes for Catching Fire, right. and we'll get our. No, I'm just kidding. We're doing. Um, we didn't do Hunger Games. We're a little late to the boat on that one, but here we are. And Brian, yes. Have you? Did you? Um, have you, did you see the Hunger Games in the theater? The original? I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I didn't see it in the theater. I did see it, but not in the theater. Okay. So I wasn't. Yeah. No, my my wife and a bunch of our friends read the books um, in the months leading up to the release of the Hunger Games, which came out last March, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was ended it that up, soon ago, really? Yeah, it was. It was just wow. last year. So. I ended up uh, reading the books in preparation for the movie, and I did the uh, the old uh, midnight release and that whole that whole shindig for Hunger Games. But I did it right. I went to uh, Cinema Suites over in AMC Grapevine, which now honestly kind of sucks. But in March of 2012 was uh, pretty solid, and uh, for fifteen dollars you got like a nice leather seat. You didn't have to stand in a line. Um, it was uh, it was a pretty good show. So I. I I, I used to love cinema suites. Now it's gotten to the point where I, I feel like it's uh, like the uh, the the commoner has found out about it, and so it's not nearly the luxurious uh, yeah. movie going experience that it once was. So it's really not worth it anymore. But uh, at that point, it was still a, a great day. So, so cool. yes, answer to your question. I did see it with you. <laughs> Sorry nice. for the long response. Well, I didn't. I I saw this. I saw the original. Right before I saw Catching Fire, okay. And Richard, I don't believe you had seen a, seen Hunger Games either. Still haven't. Before. No, I'm kidding. Still I haven't. watched it. No, I did. I watched it right before as well. Oh, okay, cool. Well, so that that's the perspectives we're coming from, and we're gonna break it all down a little bit later in the show. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Uh, but Brian Gill, 
Yeah. First off, I want to welcome you back to the podcast. Yes, sorry to the dear listener for uh, for missing last week. Uh, hopefully, it's okay. Uh, we actually got more compliments than we usually get. <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine, I imagine <laughs> so. I listened to uh, to the discussion on Parkland. I'm sorry I missed JFK conspiracy talk. Um, oh, that's always always okay. fun. It won't be the last time. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, it is weird, by the way, just to bring up what we talked about in that last, what you guys talked about in the last episode. It is really weird to live in Dallas and have and know that that's what people think of mm-hmm. our area for. Just to reiterate what you guys said, because I don't think I ever thought about that growing up. You know, no, and me either. Went, went to, to college out of state, and I mean, not everybody, but there's a good chunk of people, especially anybody who was from up north. You know, they would you'd yeah. say, "Oh, I'm from Dallas Fort Worth," and they say, "Oh, that's where Kennedy shot." And you're like, "Really? Like, I I never really thought about that as." The thing that it's like a different was, Dallas than he was shot at, right? Yeah, like you exactly. know, he was yeah. intellectually, you understand that he was shot in Dallas, but like right. it never really yeah. occurred to you that it's, it's your Dallas. Exactly, that's exactly. how I was. At least. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of a weird, uh, it's kind of a weird situation, weird deal there. But uh, no, I, sorry to the dear listener. I I think that was our fiftieth episode. Am I correct on that? So no, it was fifty-one, and that okay. brings me to my next point. Fifty-one episodes, and I've only missed two, including the three days after my my child was born. So I feel like I'm doing all right. So wow, Kent, that's still true. the only one with uh, perfect attendance. <laughs> that is that is true. You guys can do a podcast without me. No, I would not mind at all. Well, that's what we do every day. Just that's talking. So. <laughs> that's true. Unfortunately, it would Thanks, be guys. on like an old school like uh, tape recorder with one of those mini tapes if Brian and I were recorded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, Brian, because you missed be out on this, little, on this little discussion <laughs> last week. Sure. Um, I, I, I got Richard's um, sort of State of the Union Yeah. on the first 50 episodes of this podcast. How has this experience so far changed or altered your view of the world of cinema? And sort of give us your thoughts on the first 50 episodes of Mad About Movies. In, yeah. a, in about five it's, minutes or less. Go. It's been a fun ride, for sure. It's it's uh, It's – it's fun talking about movies. I don't get to do that a lot. What happens is people know me in my circle. People know me as the movie guy. And so if a movie comes out, they just want my opinion on it. And that's it. You know, they want, they want one minute. Tell me if this is a good or bad movie and, and whether or not I should see it. And I, I I like that. I mean, I I certainly have no problem with that. I I enjoy being that person, you know, because I, hopefully I can keep people from seeing terrible movies and push people to see some movies that they they normally wouldn't have you know that's that's always kind of my goal um when it comes to that but it's fun discussing movies and i don't really i don't feel like i necessarily get that a lot in my my everyday life so i really look forward to when i watch whatever movie we're going to talk about that week um i look forward to and look we we agree on most things i feel like and and Maybe in some ways that's to our detriment. One of these days we should just start like spinning a wheel of who has to have the the contrarian opinion or something in that episode. <laughs> who has to pull the Skip Bayless? But um, but no, it, it's regardless of the fact that we we generally kind of agree on most things when it when it comes to movies. It's it's still fun to to talk about them and and uh, banter about it and and uh, to our, our you know to you guys as as well as as the listener. Personally, I, I think the weekly recommend part of our podcast is is maybe what I look forward to the most because I like getting 
um, movies and TV shows and books and other sorts of things, hearing about these things from you guys and, and catching up on that. And, and I get excited maybe in the nerdiest of ways, whenever I do catch a movie on Netflix or something that I'm going to recommend and like, Oh, these guys will love this movie. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool dynamic that we have here. So I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to, to do this for 51 or 52 episodes now. And, and hopefully the, the uh, listeners are, are telling their friends, and, and we'll be doing this for another uh, 500 or so episodes, at least. We know at least we'll be doing this until Star Wars Episode Seven, Right. <laughs> so at least two years from now, we'll be doing it. Yeah. And three years, maybe not. Two years. We've already committed ourselves to that. So Right. Our contract goes through, 20, goes through 2015. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but man, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a mad about movies podcast, guys. Oh, speaking of our contract, um, I need to quickly mention MacGruber. Yeah, uh, it would not DVD be a mad about movies that... podcast if we did not talk MacGruber. Okay, good. So, so, we're, we're, our contract is fulfilled for this episode. Go ahead. So here we go. <laughs> our our boy, our buddy, our guy, Will Forte, has been all over the press circuit promoting Nebraska. Man, so much MacGruber talk in the past. Past couple of weeks, and people have been blowing us up because, man, have you guys heard of the MacGruber talk? Yes, we have. We we are in the loop, of course, on all things MacGruber. We're here to relay that news to you guys, Richard. <laughs> you want to give us a little uh, rundown of what what Forte's been doing up to the past couple of weeks? Well, he's been. I mean, you may know more than I do. I know he's been promoting Nebraska. Uh, he was on David Letterman's show. Uh, a couple weeks back, and 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 Letterman complimented the wonderful MacGruber as such a funny movie, and yeah. and Forte explained that it didn't necessarily take off with anyone, apparently except for the three of us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then he's but he has been saying that uh, MacGruber two is his is his dreams dream project. So uh, you know, there's still hope for us group fans out there. Oh, definitely. I, am I, I, is that it? Is, that, is there more? Yeah. Yeah. He he. On Letterman, it was basically funny because Letterman just um, – just all he wanted to talk about was MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> he had him on there to discuss Alexander Payne's Nebraska and for the first five or ten minutes – or at least five. I mean it was probably a seven-minute interview. But for five of it, he talked about MacGruber. How would you come up with it? Are we going to get another movie? Um because because Forte used to be on Letterman or used to be a writer for for Letterman back in the day, so they reminisced on his old times back uh back writing for Dave before he was on SNL and everything. And I saw another a video. It was kind of a Q and A with with Will Forte. I think iTunes might have put it on, like Meet okay. the Actor or something. They do a little Q and A with an audience there. I think they do them at an Apple Store or something. Anyway, he was on there. And yeah, like all the host wanted to talk about was MacGruber, <laughs> and and Forte was just like, "No, let's let's talk about Nebraska, and then we'll talk about MacGruber if you want to." He's like, "But seriously, I want to talk <laughs> about it." Like like all Will Forte wants to talk about too is MacGruber, and so at the last question that was asked on the Q and A from a fan was like, "Are there any plans for MacGruber too?" And he's like, "Yeah," he said that we've already started writing the script. It's like when I get more time off, my writing partner, we're going to sit down and it's going to happen. Um, so I want to just brainstorm with you guys a little bit. How can we get involved uh, somehow? Do you think we could maybe 
I mean, I could write a we could write a movie score probably for MacGruber. <laughs> you've got you've got like one of those uh, Casio '80s yeah. keyboards. Yeah, a lot of a lot of '80s sounds we need, I think, for this mm. to make it to give it the sound sound of of MacGruber. But man, how how excited are am I right now? I'm shaking. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear this. You can't hear shaking, but I am. I'm shaking in my boots uh, for this. But we need to. I just want to remind you guys before we move on, uh, write it down. We need to record our MacGruber bonus episode for Christmas. Don't, yeah, let, yeah. don't let me forget. And listeners, totally. don't let okay. us forget because totally. that's, that is definitely going to happen. Has, so, any, so, has any movie – this is kind of a weird question, but has any movie missed its, its time by such a short period of time? <laughs> Does that make sense? Because that movie came out in 2010, right? Yeah. And no one saw it. Like, Richard was the only person who saw it in theaters. And, it, and Eric Moldhoff. Yeah. And, and, almost, and, Mo- and Monica. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and it made no money. But almost by the end of the year, it had become a cult classic. Like, that's such a short period of time to go from yeah. total bus, no one gives a crap, to comedic masterpiece that every that freaking david letterman wants to know about when the sequel is like it really missed its op- its its window by six months almost like if it would have just come out a little bit later i don't know it's such a weird weird thing to go that quickly to become a, a cult classic like this no i agree brian it's it's amazing and it's awesome and and letterman was asking him about it he was just like so what happened did nobody see it? He was like, well, for, Will Forte was like, well, first of all, we were like immensely proud of it. Like everyone that made it and that was involved was like, man, this is the best movie we could have made. Like it was exactly what they wanted. And he was like, yeah, literally just nobody saw it. Like a thousand people saw it literally. And uh, he was asking, he was like, well, you must have made a lot of money off it. He's like, no, I made $12,000. Literally, <laughs> that's, all, that's what Will Forte made off MacGruber. $12,000. Such a shame. Amazing. Well, how so much I is the MacArthur could, Genius? Could... How much is the MacArthur Genius Grant? That's like a million, <laughs> right? Don't get that. One. I mean, it'll pay for itself, right? Well, speaking of of money, Brian, I wanted to. I was going to talk about this last week with Richard, but I wanted to get your your thoughts. You're the X Men guy on this on this podcast. Sure. Uh, I guess news came out, or a rumor came out over the past few weeks that that. Um, the new X-Men Days of Future Past is the second most expensive movie ever made at Fox, I believe. Okay. Besides Avatar. So my question to you is, the old World War Z conundrum, do you think this has any chance at all of making that money back? I think it's $400 million budget <laughs> or something. I'm going to have to look it up while you talk, so go I'm ahead. sure the – Give me your yeah. Days of Future Past thoughts first, and then I'm yeah. excited about the movie. It's ambitious. That's a. It, it could certainly go go way wrong, but uh, but I I think it's a it's a smart idea, and I, if they pull it off, it it look if the I think World War Z proved to us that if you make a good movie, especially if you make a good blockbuster movie, people are going to see it. Um, if there's big stars in it, which this has, right. It would, exactly, exactly. The, that's kind of, I think that's space, that's exactly it, Rich. That's the difference between this, uh, between uh, like World War Z and John Carter, is that nobody yep. nobody cared to see Taylor Kitsch. And, especially, uh, 
especially in foreign markets. And that's what was, that was yes. my always my thing. Like yes. in in Poland, they see Brad Pitt in zombie movie, they're going to see it. It doesn't matter if it sucks. Right. And this is now you've got you know Fassbender. I mean, they really lucked into getting people. I mean, think about just the X-Men franchise, how they've kind of captured these huge movie stars right before they become huge movie stars. Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely. Even Jackman originally, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so no, I I don't have any – if I was Fox, I'd, I would just be, okay, just keep – we're printing money over here basically, yeah. you know, because this is – I imagine this is going to be a huge hit one way or the other. So mm-hmm. you're probably – doesn't matter what you're spending on it. And also, with next year, with everyone gearing up for 2015, yes. people aren't going to have blockbuster fatigue next year. Yes. You totally. get it. It, it will be the movie of next year, next summer, to see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be concerned about that if I if I was Fox or, or uh, you know, anybody else. Like, I, I, I like what they're doing here. I don't know that it's going to come together. And obviously, I can't tell you that it's going to be a good movie. But I like... I like a superhero movie, like especially since we're just getting overwhelmed with superhero movies these days. I like one that's going to take a chance like this. I think the Avengers is very similar. Avengers was a people. I think we 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 overestimate. That's maybe not the right word, but in hindsight, we say, "Oh, well, that was going to be a huge hit." No, it wasn't. It was Avengers was not in any way guaranteed to be the ridiculous success that it that it turned out to be um that was a chancy that was a risky deal that they pulled there especially planning it out for five years the way they did i mean pretty much they based their entire studio around what was going to happen five movies later so that's a that's a really risky move so i think this is kind of in the same realm to kind of bridge these two really it's two separate franchises in a way that operate within the same universe to bridge those two together is is an ambitious piece of work and i think i like that i like them taking chances i'd rather have that even if it's not if it turns out not to be that good i'd rather them be ambitious take some chances do something like that rather than like thor 2 that just Mm -hmm. exists you know sure i my only issue with this and my only hesitance towards days of future past it's it just seems to me like the only reason they're pulling these two franchises together the old x-men and new x-men is because they want Jackman involved in the new X Men. Yeah, it's like how can we bridge the gap? How can we get Jackman in this? It makes sense, and they do, they do it because I guess he travels through time. I guess that's or he's he doesn't age or whatever the right. Wolverine's mythos is about. So until they prove me that the people they're at like the the Patrick Stewarts and Ian McKellen's are necessary. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. tell this story then I'll be on board but I'm t- so far I'm totally on board for the old I loved X-Men First Class I just it's going to take me a while to be on board for this because I don't know if this is a step forward as much as it is a step back do you know what I'm saying sure like, you've, like they, they did such a good job distancing themselves from Brian Singer's X-Men and here we are with Brian Singer directing X Men again, but but did yeah. you, I mean, let me ask this: Did you feel like they needed to distance themselves from Brian Singer after X-Men? Brett Ratner? What he did, I felt right. like they totally needed to. Okay, I thought and X Two are, <laughs> are, I mean, those two hold up as sure. two of the better 
um, superhero movies that we've sure. But after after Last Stand and after X Men Origins, yeah, everyone was just so done with it. And when X Men First Class was awesome. Yeah, and I just don't want them to ruin what they built in first class with bringing the new stuff back. I just think they're messing with it a little too much, you know. Okay. And yeah. and I know I probably will love this movie, and and hopefully I do, but I, it's it's just a huge risk. It really yeah, is. Yeah, totally. It, it know, totally is. It, yeah. They're they're risking breaking down everything they had built with the original X Men and the new one, like in one movie. You know, it's like yeah. even more risky than the Avengers to me. Right. We'll have to see. That it's going to be good. That's one of the few movies I'm actually looking forward to uh, yeah. next year. That's the only movie coming out next year, right? Everything else is in 2015. <laughs> I think it seems Real like fun. it. It really does. I don't know if you guys, and this is TV news, um, but we can. This will be one of the last things we'll talk about before we do do Hunger Games. But I saw a rumor, and and I don't know if this rumor is is true at all. It's more of a rumbling than a rumor. Some one of the show creators of Full House had been like contacted to write another pilot. Yeah, involving that the to characters like a, of Full House was it a hoax that or a something? Hoax? Yeah, that was a hoax. Okay, I don't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what the deal is. I, th- I knew it was a rumbling of some kind. Yeah, but I, let's just use that. Let's pretend it's a real rumor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, I actually don't think. That it would be such a bad idea to full bring house. back elements of Full House, not the full full cast. Maybe John Stamos <laughs> and uh, Saget, just them two or something. <laughs> you know, we're gonna cut out Dave Coulier. Just yeah, just keeps like, getting the chef. It should just about, uh, it's just Saget, Stamos, and whoever played Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> 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 they run a they run a pizza place. Hold on, I'm writing right now. Hold on. Great. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Boys Meets World is coming back, right. and you know that that it's going to be huge whenever it comes back. So the question is, what shows yeah. are going to come back? It's interesting. That's, that's my I've, question. I've thought about that too because, like, I don't know if people really understand how big this Girl Meets World things will be to people of our age. Yeah. Like, I think it's really going to crush in ratings, at least in the short term. Yeah. And you're right. There, there will be like copycat. Like, well, uh. We could bring back the dinosaurs. How are they? Those robots still work? You know? Um, I think there will be. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what... I mean, it's to an extent, it's already happened, right? With 90210. Right. And uh, what Hawaii else? Hawaii 5 Hawaii 5 sure. You know. But th- those are more kind of remakes with different casts. And even though Girl Meets World has a new cast as well, it has... You know, certainly shares with the older cast. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Full House would be up there for me. I'd, I'd like to see. I think it'd be funny to do a um, Family Matters. Speaking of Urkel, I think it'd be funny to do like a single camera Full House with the girls grown up, kind of modern family style show. <laughs> I think that would actually be kind of interesting. But because uh, surely they, you know, you could work in Stephanie's meth addiction, like the actress. Right. You yeah. could go. There's a lot of things you could do. You could yeah. have you could have Michelle. You know, maybe she killed Heath Ledger. Like, there's some good stuff you could work <laughs> in. The way to do that, honestly, I think, and this is just Timmy, so this is kind of a half thought out idea. But uh-huh. do you, don't you you can't carry that over for an entire season. I don't think it's certainly not a long term, like seven seasons or something. But 
you could probably do like one or two episodes in that same style, like Modern Family style, with all the cast from uh-huh. Full House. And then two weeks later, we're going to come back, and it's going to be the same style, but it's going to be Family Matters. And then the next, <laughs> in two weeks later, we're going to come back, and it's like step by step, you know, or something like that. I would watch that. Like that would be <laughs> interesting. To just totally gimmick it. I would too. Yeah, I mean, it's a total gimmick. It really is. But I think you could. I think. That would be one of those things that would be surprisingly a big deal because whoever loves those ep- yes the Cosby show whoever loves those those episodes even if this show sucks they're gonna tune in to watch that week or those two weeks just because absolutely well I love fam- family absolutely. and you remember like those shows did like and those shows would have like twenty million viewers a week yeah so yeah. like if you're getting a pretty good chunk of people that were somehow into that show that might TiVo this. No, I, I think, think a, I think a Cosby show episode and really just gimmick it. I mean, you could go all kinds of places with that. Since the kids were such big parts on Cosby show, you could do like a thing where like Theo's the lead and mm-hmm. then you make Bill sort of like he shows up like every eighth episode or something. Him yeah. and uh, Felicia Rashad. I'd watch that. I've been watching a lot of Cosby to lead up to uh, the new uh, stand-up special. Man, that show's still still greatness. I know, Brian, you, your wife is all over it. Yeah. She watches Cosby Show almost every day, I would bet. Wow. <laughs> so random. So my vote goes to, I would have to say, uh, I don't know. What 90s shows are awesome? <laughs> I stand what 90s by shows di- aren't awesome? <laughs> I stand by dinosaurs. Mad about you guys. <laughs> Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt. How about that? Yeah. That is the funniest thing you could have thought of. That's great. <laughs> hey guys, we was named this podcast show, after that show. So was any was any show bigger than that show that has no staying power? Like that show, like everyone. It's not even I didn't see the Cation. I don't know. Dharma and Greg, Will and Grace, those two were big. I feel like I see Will and Grace in the city, but Dharma and Greg, Dharma and Greg was only big for like two seasons. Uh, Will and Grace is on like Lifetime, like every day, like pretty strong syndication run. Not that I know. Uh, and then, um, but I mean, I feel like Mad About You won the Emmy every year. It was like right. Friends. Friends is the Mad About You spinoff, right. and then like just you never think about it. And and Helen Hunt went and won an Oscar, and like that show just it just never existed. They yeah. tried to bring Paul Reiser back like last year. Yeah, it's just a horrible. Yeah. He was on for like half an episode. I mean, yeah, they literally was... canceled it before it was even off the air for the first initial episode. Yeah. It, it was literally his take on Curb Your Enthusiasm, by the way, and yeah. I was like. Come on, man. Yeah. Don't touch Larry. Yeah. Um, but, wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that show in a in a while. So many – the 90s was such the era of broadcast TV, man. Yeah. yeah. It was just like every Friday, TGIF. <laughs> Thursday night, must-see awesome TV. Time. Oh, yeah, man. Home Improvement on Wednesdays on ABC. Strong. Incredible. Awesome stuff. But hopefully those days return. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, 
skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So, uh, guys, let's move on. Let's let's talk about Hunger Games. This is the 75th year of the Hunger Games. The tributes are to be reaped from the existing pool of victors. I get to say goodbye. So what do we do? I think these games are going to be different. The 75th Hunger Games! Um, I, I I made it clear. I made it clear before we before we jumped into this. I hadn't seen the original before in the theater. I hadn't read the books or anything at all. So I'm judging this basically as a movie. And I I did enjoy the first Hunger Games movie uh, yeah. more than I probably wanted to. I would <laughs> say I I did kind of have guilty pleasure syndrome with it. Uh, but but man, Catching Fire is so much better than the fir- than the first one. Yeah. Uh, just as a movie, uh, it's so much more cinematic mm-hmm. than the first one. Mm-hmm. Did they uh, change directors? Yes. Yeah. They yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it didn't funny. feel kiddie at all, really. I mean, it didn't feel like the first one. Just felt more like I was watching a preteen mm-hmm. movie or something. This felt. Definitely more adult than than the others. I mean, it felt like a Riddick or something. It felt, you know, <laughs> it really did. It felt uh, just mature, and I I appreciated that. It didn't dumb down to its um, inevitable teenage audience, which I appreciated. But man, um, such interesting characters here. That's the main thing with these that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main characters are great. Katniss. Uh, is is good Peta as well and uh, Hemsworth Liam, who is a Hemsworth, so obviously we love him. <laughs> He's a, kind of a B team Hemsworth. He though. is definitely a B team. But I did honestly when I saw the first one, I was like, man, we need more Liam Hemsworth in the second one. We got it. We, we need more Chris Hemsworth in these. Yeah, right. <laughs> if he could yeah. just show up, that'd be awesome. <laughs> as the we word. need this one's cool though. I like this. <laughs> I like this Hemsworth, but only because he dated Miley, and you guys know how much I love Miley. Yeah, she's a queen. 
She is. I would vote for her for Secretary of State. <laughs> but but so, I mean, just just so it's such entertaining. I, I love this country because you can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't put it past her either. She uh, so th- this is just such entertaining characters here. Uh, the mm. cast is just awesome. Uh, just talk about man. They scooped up Jennifer Lawrence, the great perfect yeah. time, the Hunger yeah. Games people, because well she's totally beyond this now and still does it and makes it, and she's just great. Um, but I, I I really do like the sporting cast. I mean, that's probably what makes these movies um, the most entertaining. Is that when Jennifer Lawrence is not on the screen, we're still getting a uh, freaking Woody Harrelson, who's awesome. Right. Had no yeah. idea he was in these movies, <laughs> and I turned on the first one on Netflix, and I was like, "Yes, long hair." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man, such awesome Harrelson work. Almost as good as Now You See Me, Harrelson. Almost. No, nothing is as good <laughs> as that. But such great Harrelson, Lenny Kravitz randomly in these movies, yeah. as like a uh, and good, like yeah. he's he's pretty it's, solid. I mean, it's a nothing role, but it's pretty good. I like Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, it's just yeah. so random, Lenny Kravitz. Who sings "Fly Away"? That song from the nineties. <laughs> you know what? Are bro, you gonna go dude, my way? Yeah. That dude looks good. Yeah. That's like forty-eight year old of forty-eight years old of. He's like if Lawrence Fishburne never aged. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like he would be the perfect Morpheus if they ever reboot The Matrix. <laughs> uh, but Stanley Tucci's great as well. Uh-huh. He's great. He's uh, great. Funny. Um, I really enjoy the production design here too. Um. But I'll talk about more specifics here in a little bit. But Brian, guess give me your initial thoughts on Hunger Games and Hunger Games Catching Fire. Yeah, no, you guys, you guys touched on it pretty well. Um, it's I actually really like the first one. I think um, I think I'm probably a little stronger on it than than most people are. I think that Gary Ross, the director of that movie, it's definitely you, you guys are totally right. It's definitely um, a little more uh, kiddish. Than, uh, than Catching Fire is. But I think he had a very difficult task to take a book that is very R-rated and turn it into a PG-13 movie. Um, and, I, and I felt like he did a, he did a good job with that. I, I, I enjoy the contrast in that first movie between um, the district, or excuse me, the capital and uh, the outlying districts. I, I, think he, I think he made some really interesting choices um, and and uh, the director of Catching Fire has, I think, has him to thank for kind of laying the groundwork for where they were able to go with this movie. Um, but that said, I think Francis Lawrence, the director of uh, of this film, and hopefully for the uh, the other two films to come, um, I think he really has a feel for the world that is at play here. Um, and he actually, you guys haven't read the book, so I'll just say the first book is a is a, I think is a pretty good book. Yeah, the it second, seems like the first book, the first movie would make a way better book as it's on its own. Yeah, like it's yeah. just a standalone great book. Yes, and this is just trying to capture what the first book did. You know, yes. kind of trying and to I, repeat the magic, if you will. I, yeah. I totally agree, and that's that. That was my. I mean. Can't, you you could have just read the books and you could have said the exact same thing. I mean that that's how I felt about it. After having read the three books, I like uh, the second one less than the first one and the third one less than the second one. It's a, uh, I think she had a great idea for a book and then it was going to be successful, so she had to turn it into a trilogy and she didn't really know what to do with it. Um, 
So thus the third title, Mocking Jay. <laughs> right. Right. Part so, one. Mocking right, Jay part, part one. one and part two. But uh, anyway, so I think this is a much better film than it is a book, and no one ever says that about any book, I feel like. But um I think he took the good elements of the book and expanded upon them brilliantly and made this into such a, a better cohesive story um than it is in the book and and really really just uh, built upon what uh, the groundwork that had been left for him there um and i also think you guys mentioned jennifer lawrence there's a major difference between jennifer lawrence in the hunger games and jennifer lawrence in catching fire and yeah, I think that's what that, i mean yeah yeah it's just i i think the whole thing is and i i wrote this in my my review today but um the difference is, at the time when she was cast, it, it, I don't know if you guys probably didn't follow because you weren't looking forward to the movie or anything, but she seemed borderline hesitant about being in this series of movies in the first place. Um, she seemed like she just wasn't comfortable, and I think that that comes out in the movie a little bit. She seems a little bit uncomfortable in a a blockbustery starring role, you know? Um, and the, the time between when that movie shot and when this movie shot... Jennifer Lawrence has pretty much become a movie star and she's, I feel like she's accepting of that. She's more comfortable within the role. And I feel like that allows her to be, to kind of bridge the gap between this incredible actress who does like indie movies like uh winner's bone and stuff like that. And, and, and brings that to a blockbuster type role. And uh, that's a major. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I think that's a big part of why this movie is is. Like I said, I, I really like the first one. This one is a, is significantly better, even still. Love it. I personally, and I'll just say, I this is my. Uh, this is the for me. This is the best blockbuster of the year, uh, and I don't know that it's particularly close. I guess Star Trek would probably be my number two at this point. Sure, Richard. Yeah, so I I, I spent Sunday um, catching up on on, on Catching Fire. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Um, and my hunger for more of these movies is certainly no game. <laughs> and that's my review. Now, um, Gene Shallot over here. <laughs> yeah. How'd you know? So, uh, yeah, no, so I hadn't seen uh, this thing. I, you know, I worked in a bookstore when I was in college, and, and so I have this anything that would sort of fall into the young adult section. I have like an aversion to simply because of Twilight. I just assume everything that can be shelved near Twilight must uh, be awful through some yeah. sort of. No, uh, that's how I felt too. That's why I didn't see the first Hunger Games. I was like, right, no, it's too similar. I got yeah. I, I can't spend money in a theater until I know for sure. Yeah, right. how, yeah. So, right, so like, if it's shelved near Twilight, I, I assume it is either bad or or will become bad through through osmosis of some sort. Uh, right. But uh, so, but yeah, I was supposed to lose. I, I hated the kind of aesthetics of the of the first movie, even though I thought the the story was was engaging and and interesting. The performances were good, and the script was was good. So I assume the book um, is pretty thematic. I can imagine. It definitely being a page turner, certainly. But I didn't like like the look really of it. Um, I thought it looked kind of cheap, um, and it's sort of the point, like this sort of futuristic society where everything uh, is, is sort of plasticized and bigger than life, and all these things. So I, I understand, but it, it kind of this one I know felt to me 
uh, it didn't. It kind of lost the look of being a TV movie that I thought the first yeah um, movie had, and uh, enjoyed. And so that was really my only complaint. Complaint, pardon me, of the of the first movie is is was that. So losing that, I, I, I like this. I you know, gosh, we agree on the show way too much. But uh, aside from all, all Ken's pro slavery stuff from the Twelve Years <laughs> Slave podcast, but um, no, but but I agree with both of you. I I think. Um, uh, it's it's certainly I, I was I was very very surprised pleasantly surprised by this movie enjoyed it a great deal uh, Brian you know you said it's the best blockbuster movie of the year I hadn't thought about that um, but it might be I can't think of anything you're right it was such a kind of disappointing year blockbuster wise right. uh, especially with blockbuster going out of business <laughs> I'm crushing it yeah <laughs> walk off um, but. Uh, no, but this is no. This was very good, and you're right. Jennifer Lawrence is an absolute movie star. They totally lucked out. If they try to do this with like, um, if they had gotten like Chloe um, Grace Moretz, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz, or I don't even know who else. So I mean, this is like Kristen Stewart again. <laughs> I hope she never works again. Like I love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she hopes she never works yeah. again. So, oh. um, yeah. Hopefully, her and and. Toby Maguire can go get like an apartment somewhere <laughs> and just kind of look stupid at each other back and forth for eternity. <laughs> that's wow, the heaven that's I, I someday want to live in. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but this was, this was uh, kind of an interesting time of year for this. I mean, obviously they, they shut this very quickly after the success of the first one, didn't they? Didn't they like get right to work on it? So yeah. kind of weird. This was such a summer movie, I thought, but uh, kind of cool this time of year. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I have no, the director, whoever the director is on the new one. Sorry. I didn't do any research. Francis Uh, Lawrence Lawrence is his name. Okay. What else has he done? He did. I am uh, legend. I am legend and Constantine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, never too late to start hitting some home runs there, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, this was, this was cool. Is he doing the, uh, mocking Jay? Yes. They, they haven't locked it in yet. Okay. They're breaking that into two movies, but, I, I, according yeah. to IMDb, he is. Yeah, I, I thought for sure, I thought it was for sure, but I saw something today that was a. It's possible that he's he hasn't he's he hasn't like locked in completely. Well, he has to be an idiot because this movie made over a hundred and fifty something million dollars opening right. weekend. So. But they're not going right. to give him any of that hundred. I guess right, either. exactly. I mean, that's why Gary, the guy who did the first movie, that's why he went away is because he wanted to be paid according to what it's making, and they they wouldn't pay him. So we'll see. But, but I, 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 you guys I, are right. He, this is, he's the right, he, he really is the right director for yeah, this. Well, I mean, you can always get Catherine Hardwick. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, no, this was, this was really cool. I, I thought, yeah, I didn't know anything. I honestly, this is a, uh, old man Barton kind of thing. I didn't really know what it was about. I knew there was something about like kids killing each other. Um, but that was I didn't know it was in the future. I didn't. I mean, I was completely ignorant of this. So it was kind of cool to go in and all of a sudden pe- feel uh, part of the zeitgeist, I guess, and come off right. my island a little bit. Uh, it was. It was. It was cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the the production design in this one it was so much better than the, the first one. I just enjoyed the world they were in way more. I enjoyed the arena aspect of it uh i enjoyed philip seymour hoffman's character 
uh, <laughs> in it as well. Yeah. Um, I just my complaint with a movie like Ender's Game, which we reviewed, and you can go back and listen to. My complaint with that was uh, in like the battle scenes and in the um, simulations where the kids were training to battle. There was no stakes involved. There was no risk involved. These kids were shooting each other with, like, stun guns. That's what I like about the Hunger Games is that these people are killing each other. <laughs> like, like, there's no yeah. black and white. As it's Like, there's no way around it. Like, you're going to die or you're going to live. That's it, you know? And that's, what, that's what's so intriguing here. It's such an adult story, uh-huh. but, in, yeah. but told, like, through a – in a kid's way. I don't know how to – say it yeah like no, that do you know I what i mean it's, yeah absolutely absolutely it's so appealing to so many different levels of of audience member um i liked elizabeth banks too yeah Effie. i love her i think she's true. pretty funny in these and i just love her costumes mm. like whoever's in charge of those uh deserves the deserves the oscar her little like butterfly costume where there were like butterflies coming off her eyelashes and like mm-hmm. crazy. Oh man, that was that was insane. But I yeah, like I, I just enjoy the look of the movie a lot. Um, it it felt very cold for a movie yeah. called Catching Fire. Like this movie is all blue pretty much the mm-hmm. whole time, which I found surprising, probably on purpose. Uh, but I didn't read the I didn't read either book, Catching Fire or Hunger Games. Like I said, so Brian did. How well did this movie portray the book? Yeah, the both of these stick really quite faithfully to the books. Um, I would say the first one is probably closer, but but also again, the first book is much better than the second one is. So there's uh, this one. He does this movie does a much. It's it's maybe not even fair to, to to look at it like this, but one of the big issues I have with the second book is that I don't feel like she did a very good job of uh, of bringing the world to life. Like, I, I could never get a great picture of what everything looked like. Um, they took... They, Francis Lawrence took what's happening in the book and uh, re- really brought it to life and, it, and improved upon it so much that you... you, you f- I found myself saying, oh, okay, now I kind of get what she was trying to say uh, in the book... So yeah, they, they follow they follow pretty accurately, and uh, but I think when they vary, um, they do so to the better of of both the the movie and the story as a whole. Um, yeah. She, I don't think the, the author is Suzanne Collins. I don't think that she is a particularly great um, writer, to be quite frank. But uh, so these movies, when I read the second book, I said. I told my wife, I was like, I think, I didn't really care for that book, but I think the movie is going to be better because I think it did have enough good in it that you could take it, the right person could take it and make a great movie out of it. And I think that's what we've gotten here. Yeah. Now, what, is there anything that you liked particularly, Brian and Richard? Uh, I've mentioned some stuff, but uh, is there anything that you, you know, liked more than you expected to or, or anything like that with this? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I what I I like when a block because I we're all fans of blockbuster movies, and I may be a bigger fan of of blockbuster popcorn type movies than either of y'all. Um, I, I would say certainly Richard is certainly third out of the three of us on blockbuster movies. Um, but uh, I like when a blockbuster movie allows for 
actors to really act. And I think that's what you get across the board in uh, in this movie especially, but Hunger Games as well. Um, but in this movie, you've got you've got a really, really good cast. And they did an outstanding job of putting together cast and not cutting any corners. Yeah. Um, and not just grabbing the big name either. They took the right people for each... Uh, for each uh, role, I feel like this movie, you really get an opportunity for Woody Harrelson to act, yeah. Um, and for Josh Hutcherson, who I, I I said before the movie to friends of mine, I'm like I don't know if he's a good actor or not. He's always just been meh to me, one way or the, the other. Never bad, but certainly never good. I felt like he was really good in this movie, and he had stuff to do um, for a change. He didn't really have anything to do in in the first movie. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's awesome, and it's it's a small role, uh, but he and Donald Sutherland both just have this really cool back and forth between one another. Um, so I, I love the performances in this movie, and I love that we're that we we're getting a, a blockbuster, popcorny, really a summertime movie. Even if it does come out in November, this is a huge, big money maker movie and and we're getting some like really genuinely good performances in it and being and, and they're being allowed to do that too yeah i i agree i totally agree and um i wrote down um i really enjoyed the the simulator mm-hmm. <laughs> like when yeah. Kat, katniss was practicing shooting arrows i thought that was a really cool sequence just a yeah. really really short simple sequence but i thought it looked awesome and I didn't really like the darkness. I mean, there was some. There were a lot of pivotal scenes that were. I mean, maybe it was just my theater, but I just felt it was very, very dark. Uh, especially in the scene where the baboons like attack them. Hmm. It was quite. I don't. Maybe it was just my 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 screen. Like I said, yeah. I just felt it. I've had a hard time seeing through a lot of that stuff. It felt very gray. Uh, but overall, man. Just an awesome looking movie, uh, yeah. Too, and I was thinking, I was like, is this the kind of movie that's gonna maybe sneak in there in a number nine or ten pick? I don't know if it has that. And I mean, because what can you compare it to, uh, like a The Hobbit or something, or The Lord of the Rings or something? Lord of the Rings, you know? yeah. I don't think it will, but that may be. Look, if it did, I, I don't. It's got, it's got. It's in the ninety percentile on, on Rotten right. Tomatoes. It's, I mean, it's. Very it's well just received. Such a good year, though. Like, I, I would imagine what happens is they they treat it like Harry Potter because Harry Potter was always going to be well. They'll get the the last movie will get a nomination, and then it didn't because that turned out to be a a str- kind of a strange year. But um, it's hard for a sequel to get a a nomination like that unless it's the the final uh, the, the final movie. Yeah. So, but. God, we gotta say, I, I feel like we were remiss we didn't say, like, it's really hard to do the second movie in a trilogy. Even if that, like yeah. this, the trilogy is getting split into four, I get that. But the second movie, in a lot of ways, is the hardest one to pull off. Because you don't really have a starting point, and you don't have an end point. Um, so to, to do what they did here was really, really quite impressive. This is on par with the better second movies in a franchise that you're, that you're likely to see. Yeah, man, I just really liked. I I I had no idea where the story was gonna go after the Hunger Games original, mm-hmm. and I was like, how are they gonna get Katniss back in the Hunger Games? I didn't know how yeah. they were gonna do it, and so then it made sense to me. I was like, why did they do seventy fourth Hunger Games in the first one? Oh, because 
75 is going to be number two. Mm-hmm. And 75 gives them an excuse, like Seymour Hoffman says, an excuse to change the rules up a little bit for the next Hunger Games uh, competition. Or I was like, I was going to be so angry if the entire – we go through this whole movie and we don't get another Hunger Games like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, competition or whatever, however mm-hmm. they – game or whatever they want to call it. Um, because the, so much of the movie was just following Katniss around after the first one, you know, and her dealing with being a celebrity and everything. And man, she just fits this role so well with just her current state in Hollywood. And, um, you just really felt like she was putting a lot of herself into, into this character, you know, like, totally. um, yeah. it just fit perfectly with where she's going through in her own life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, I just... Like you said, Brian, uh, it's a good point that I didn't really thought about. They didn't pick the most obvious people for a lot of these roles, mm-hmm. which I like. I just liked the the people, even the other districts like um, fighters or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. The people that she teams up with right. throughout the the different missions, like the like the uh, hit two hippie people, right, uh, and that dude bro guy. And other, right. other other people, I, I don't know their <laughs> names, so those are just my little sure. names that I how I can remember them. But it's just every every person they introduced was interest, was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's not like The Hobbit where you've got fifty thousand dwarves that you have to memorize all their names. It's just too hard to keep up with all the characters in The Hobbit. Yep. I love those movies, and I love Tolkien and Peter Jackson and everything. But it really is just just too overwhelming sometimes, and mm-hmm. this is just a perfect medium of of a great entertaining movie with like interesting characters and like uh, it's got a whole backlog of, of narrative that you can read physically go back and read if you want to get more into it. Uh, just an exciting franchise really. Yeah. And it's one that's translated very well to, to movies, which is good. Uh, I don't think twilight translated well to movies. People are going to say to me all day, but Kent, man, Twilight's such a good book. You got to read it. You got to see, you got to get into it. Well, <laughs> you know, for a general audience, like you can't get into Twilight without being head over heels into it. You know, like this, the Hunger Games is just a good, you can see the Hunger Games as a movie and never right. see Catching Fire, never read any of the books and then still be like, oh, Hunger Games. Yeah, I like that movie or whatever. Right. And I felt like Catching Fire did a good job of retelling a lot of the stuff in the Hunger Games where if you haven't seen Hunger Games, you could see Catching Fire. You know, and still pretty much know what's going on here. So, um, yeah, just I was just impressed uh, with with how it came together and with this series as a whole. Yeah, because I'm not very familiar with it, but I'm I am excited about mocking. I didn't know they were doing two movies. They are, that yeah. to me. So yeah, I don't know whether that's a good or bad. And probably good because this movie felt way too long to me. This movie was like what it says 146 minutes on mm-hmm. on my, and that's longer than 12 Years a Slave. That's yeah. pretty crazy yeah. for a, a a kid type movie, but wow! Um, excited for next year. It says 2014 for Mockingjay One, right? So that's pretty. It's pretty soon. So man, good stuff. I think this is going to go down as one of the great franchises. You know, I think yeah, uh, it is the it's, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and uh, this goes right along there with it. I think Twilight will end up being forgotten more than, the, but this has just a lot more cinematic quality than the, yeah and a lot more staying power for sure yeah no. it's just a better yeah. and, and I, I can't fault you for saying best blockbuster of the year that's a good point too Brian good. Uh, good yeah so, good deal um, any other thoughts on um, on Hunger Games 
No, what's uh, what's the grade from you guys? I'm gonna give it a solid A, A minus. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great, and incredible, but it was super solid, uh, as solid as I could ask for, I guess. It didn't blow my mind. Okay. Uh, Richard, B plus. Brian, I'm gonna go an A. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, super solid. And it's crazy that they picked a fall opening. Mm-hmm. Too. And the next like this, two are, are fall as well. This movie it's could like, have come out in summer and like stolen the summer, I thought. It was yeah. just good. It was yeah. one of the few blockbusters that's actually a good movie rather yeah. than just a good popcorn flick, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's move on. Let's do Weekly Recommends real quick. Weekly Recommends. Okay, I'm going to recommend – it's Oscar season. It's coming around around that time, and every year around this time, The Hollywood Reporter does a video series on YouTube and on their website uh, of roundtables with different people. They do actors and cinematographers. But I want to recommend the director's roundtable for this year for The Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's, they pulled together uh, five or six directors. I have the names um, if you – if you want to know, it's Alfonso Cuaron, who did Gravity, Paul Greengrass from Captain Phillips, Ben Stiller from Walter Mitty, David O. Russell from American Hustle, Steve McQueen, Toy vs. a Slave, and Lee Daniels, the butler. Uh, so it's all of them getting together and just talking about movies for about 45 minutes to an hour. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a movie fan and you would enjoy their conversation. So just uh, head over to our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, and... Uh, Head over to Week Recommends and check out the link to that and uh, watch it. Uh, throw it on Apple TV or whatever you have. It's a good little sit down and check it out. And they just talk about the movies this year and where movies are going. And uh, if you've seen any of those movies, it's worth it's worth checking out. So Hollywood Reporter Roundtable uh, is my recommend. So cool. Those right. are always fun. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, me. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my pick this week is a, a movie that is still in theaters and I think will be there through the week, so hopefully people will get a chance to see it. It's called About Time. Um, it stars Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy and what's the kid's, the main character's name? Uh, Donald, Donald Gleason. Yeah. It's Brennan Gleason's kid. Brennan Gleason's kid, yes. Um, it's a... I think it's kind of billed as a, a uh, romantic comedy with a, a sort of a sci-fi twist, um, but uh, it's really it's it's really quite a bit more. Um, there's a one of the better father-son relationships that I've I think I've ever seen on uh, on film is is depicted here between Gleason and and Nighy. Um, I I love Rachel McAdams in pretty much everything, even if she's in a bad movie. I just I I find her. Incredibly charming, um, so it's fun to see her in a in a good movie and kind of a cool, uh, not quite a different role, but just really being herself. And uh, it's a fun movie. It's uh, it's a very emotional movie, I think. And uh, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I went and saw it a week or so ago with my my wife and a bunch of our friends, and we all just came out uh, ooing and awing over it. Um, much more than the than the uh, romantic comedy that uh, that you might think that it is. So. Uh, about time is is my recommend for the week. Cool, Richard. You know that was you know I saw that movie over the weekend too, and I knew I I didn't make it my 
you would. And I just want to second, really, really cool little movie, and, and, and yeah. really enjoyed my experience seeing that. And because this is just for, I know we have listeners all across the globe, but for our listeners in Texas, part of the reason I love uh, this movie experience was I saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. And uh, just one of the better movie going experience. Comfortable. Obviously, no one talks or texts because they make such a big deal about it. Um, delicious menu. Uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed the. Uh, it's in a random shopping center. It's like a TJ Maxx and an Alamo Draft House <laughs> uh, in Richardson, all 75 in Beltline. But uh, I know you guys are more on the Fort Worth side of town than me. But if you find yourself in Dallas wanting to see something, obviously, and there's Alamo Draft Houses in, in Austin and I believe San Antonio too. Um, you can go down there, but if you're in Texas in one of the big cities, not Houston, because if you're listening to Houston, if you're listening to this podcast from Houston, please, please turn it off. Um, <laughs> but unsubscribe now. Unsubscribe seriously, because that's just tainting our numbers. But uh, any of the <laughs> other actual Texas cities, these all matter. Uh, but yeah, head on over to Alamo Draft House, check out a movie. It's it's a great. The the cool thing they do these kind of uh, these pre movie shows that they put together, and they they put a lot of thought into it. Uh, and ours had um, a bunch of like time. It had a time traveling sketch from because um, we were seeing about the time. It had a time traveling sketch from the old Ben Stiller show. It had a couple Rachel McAdams trailers. It had Donald Gleason was in like a sketch comedy show in England for a couple years. So it had like some random clips from that. Uh, so instead of just going like you know uh, this star with along with you know uh, who star with Bruce Willis and uh, uh, the whole nine yards, you know, Matthew Perry did. Yeah, um, everybody in the, in the theater stood back when we screamed, Matthew Perry. Um, catch that reference if you can, listeners. But uh, anyway, if you – but this Where actually is, is like an enjoyable – Yep, there you go. If you don't want to uh, – if you don't want to just sit through all that, um, this actually – get to the movie a little early, you know, grab yourself a little food and enjoy the little they, – they put together with a lot of thought. It's like watching yeah. a YouTube show, affiliate with your movie. It's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. So Alamo Drive House is your recommend. Cool. That is awesome. It's the best. If they would put one on our side of town, that would be the only theater I'd go to ever. It's it's yeah. the best. But it's just it's such a haul to get out there. Let's for go us. out there together. One time there's yeah. a movie we all really want to see. I'll drive and let's all yeah. go out together. Now you see me too. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> That's maybe the only way I could remotely not want to kill myself during that. <laughs> Nymphomaniac. <laughs> only, if we, only if it's the five-hour version. Yeah. And as long as Corey comes with us. <laughs> oh, goodness. And we don't tell him what's going on. Corey in a date. Right. Well, Brian Gill, where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, and you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can I find you? Richard. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barton. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Download episodes on iTunes, and also please leave a five-star review. You can also contact us by going to the website and clicking the contact button. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention uh, about Hunger Games or life in general before we get out of here? Nope. I love you both. Class you. dismissed. Awesome. Well, on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. No time to wallow in the mind 
Come on, baby, lay 